I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. everyone you've been asking and I have delivered you're gonna love this episode jam-packed full of nutrition knowledge I'm seriously so excited to be sharing this with you Um, this is the third episode we've ever done completely dedicated to nutrition this one gets really specific into types of foods you could eat ideas of what to eat before during after the run so here it is it's with Courtney Burling she is awesome. Please go follow her. Give her a huge thank you for this episode. And here it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, Courtney, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. I, I don't know how I stumbled upon your um, Instagram page, but it's super helpful. You have a lot of great tips on there. Yeah, thank you. It's funny. I think we actually chatted like, two years ago when I was pregnant with my son and then we couldn't work because it was so close to giving birth. And then later equally as pregnant. So it's (laughs) kind of funny. That's funny. And I remember you saying something about you living overseas. Where do you live right now? Yeah. Great question. So I currently live in Okinawa, Japan. Um, My husband is in the Marine Corps. And so we are stationed here. There's a really big um, U.S. base here, Air Force, Army, Marine Corps. Um, So it's been quite an experience, but we love it. That sounds awesome. My wife has Japanese descent and always has wanted to go visit. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Japan's been a bucket list item for us. So you've lived there for how long? We've been here for two years, almost exactly, and we have one year left that we know about. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So were you into running before you moved out to Japan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started running in middle school, probably. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know how to put a number on how many years that's been, but we'll go with 15 to 20. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. How did you get into 
you know, becoming a, my understanding is you're a running coach and you're a dietitian. How did you get into all of that? So um, I was a walk-on at the University of Cincinnati. I was not a stellar high school athlete. I definitely didn't go to like Foot Locker Nationals or anything um, exciting. But um, when I got to college, I, you know, I knew something was missing. I didn't want to just be like a, you know, quote, as I put it, regular student, um, which is what I thought I wanted. Um, But I really felt like something was missing. So I walked on and was able to join the team at University of Cincinnati. um, And that really sparked my interest obviously for running even more so like taking everything to the next level but that's also where I got my degree in dietetics and then was able to really start understanding how much our nutrition and what we eat affects our performance and so being able to mesh those two loves together is really how I eventually created my own business nice okay so you studied that in school you ran at school what events did you do um, I ran track and cross country. So in cross country and at the college level, it's 5k and 6k for women. And then on the track, I was uh, not quite fast enough to compete well in the 5k, though I did run the 5k. But my coach said, you know, you look like you could do steeplechase. We're going to have you do the steeplechase. And to this day, I'm still pretty sure he put me in the steeplechase because I just wasn't great at anything else. Um, but if you've never watched the steeplechase, make sure you carve out some time to watch it at the next uh, Olympic Games because it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it a little bit. I, I'm someone who did not grow up uh, running, but I will say I joined track in junior high, which I guess would be middle school. Uh, Some people call it middle school where I'm from. We call it junior high. And I did triple jump. And I feel like it was a very similar reason. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not fast enough. I'm not really good at anything else. I'm not strong enough to do like shot put. So go do the triple jump. (laughs) So I I don't even know if we had triple jump in our junior high. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I just remember getting really bad shin splints. So, (laughs) um, okay. Are you from Ohio? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I am born and raised in Medina County, which is just south of Cleveland. Okay. And I just guessed that because you said you went to Cincinnati. So so that's like me. I am from Arizona and I went to Arizona State. So nothing too special there. But yeah, yeah, so we wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about nutrition. It is the probably the most sought after topic of any of our episodes. Uh, People listen and re-listen to the episodes we've done with dietitians in the past. So we love these conversations and we continually get these questions that come up. And I am a certified running coach, but I'm definitely not a dietitian. And so when I get these questions, I kind of say, well, let's, let's involve the experts. A couple of the topics I want to talk about is kind of what to eat before a long run or before a race. I know it's individual, but just kind of some broad examples. I also want to talk about kind of during that race or that event, what should people be eating? And then afterwards, what, you know, after a long run to, we we hear about people getting fatigued or feeling like they want to sleep the rest of the day, um, which I'm sure after any big event is pretty normal, but what kinds of things can people be eating or how often or when or how much, you know, all those good questions. So I know I just I just dumped a lot of information on you, but I guess let's start from the very beginning, which is mm-hmm. um, fueling pre-event or or pre-long run. What kind of recommendations do you have? Yeah, that's a great question. And so 
it is very specific and individualized um, based on how far you're running, you know, what type of runner you are, how strong your stomach is. Um, but I'll, you know, happily give some general guidelines. And then if anybody has more questions, they can feel free to, to reach out to me. Um, but, you know, I'm a huge proponent of fueling before every run, especially your morning runs, which most runners, I think, do run in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't believe in fasted training and, and that could be a whole episode in itself. But so when you're running short um, and I'm going to define short by anything under an hour here, let's say. Mm-hmm. So somewhere between, you know, I don't know, 5K or, you know, 10K, somewhere. Yeah. There. yeah. Um, so really you want simple carbohydrates. You don't need a lot of protein. You definitely don't want fiber. You definitely don't want fat. Those things are just going to slow down digestion. So you want the simplest form of carbohydrates. So my go-tos in the morning before, you know, a 45 minute to an hour run is something like a banana or two whole graham crackers. Like, you know, they come in like the long sheets. That's over yeah. one sheet. Is, is one graham cracker. Um, and so two whole graham crackers or a piece of toast with some honey on it, something like oh, in that realm, that's we're really thinking simple and quick to digest. That's going to leave you the most readily fueled for that run. And you know what? You don't even need to eat it that far in advance. Like I eat my graham crackers while I'm stretching and putting my shoes on. And if you're running at an easy enough pace, your body's going to be able to digest and utilize that on the run. So don't think that you have to get up, you know, 30 minutes earlier to run at 530 in the morning. Um, You can still eat it and benefit from that small snack. That's super helpful. And I know for some people, they're going to weigh a lot more. So their body probably needs more, right? Or some people are real petite and they probably need less. Or what, what are your recommendations when it comes to trying to evaluate how much to eat pre-run? Yeah, that's a great question. So definitely becomes more and more specific the longer the run is. That When you start running more than 60, 70 minutes, like especially when we're getting into the 90 minutes and above, like you're starting to do more of that marathon training, then we want to make sure that we're eating about half a gram to one whole gram of carbohydrate per pound of body weight in those hours before the run. Obviously, if you weigh 200 pounds and you're going off of this equation, that's 200 grams of carbs. That could be almost your entire could feel like your day's intake. Um, But if we break that up and we have, you know, before a long run, maybe you do need that time for digestion. So, you know, maybe we're trying to get up a little bit earlier, let's say um, two hours or so before that long run to eat, you know, a bagel, there's 60 grams of carbs. You can add some Gatorade to that. That's easily another 30, depending on how much you have, of course. Um, But we're already brushing 90. And then you can have a small snack, like, um, you know, even a gel or like a honey or waffle like right before you go run so kind of spreading out those carbs Hmm. um really that half a gram to one gram per pound when we get into those longer runs interesting okay that's really helpful and then when you talk about like a bagel would you put cream cheese on there or try to eat it plain or like i guess Hmm. what are the no-nos when you talk about proteins and fats That's a really good question. Um, If you have plenty of time for digestion, so, you know, two or three hours, if you have that amount of time, you can absolutely do cream cheese, peanut butter, butter, you know, whatever 
is, you know, your favorite topping on that bagel um, because you're going to have time to digest that. It's more important when we're eating right before the run that we want to be cutting out some of that fat and protein um, and fiber to help that digestion go a little bit quicker. But um, so if you have the time, it it won't, you know, that'll be totally fine to add that on. Um, And then, you know, see how your body reacts. Um, Are you having GI upset on that run? If so, we have to go back and look at, you know, what are some of the factors that could be causing this? And we might have to switch something like cream cheese out for, you know, a peanut butter might be just a little bit better. Um, Like maybe your body just handles it a little bit better. So it's kind of a little bit of a trial and error. Yeah. Now, I've often liked to eat either on a race or before an Uncrustable, which is like those, you know, pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Is that something that you think you would not recommend because it's got, um, you know, a lot of protein and fat, I guess, from the peanut butter? Or what are your thoughts there? Uh, no, I, I love that. Um, makes me think my kids, um, love those. So we always have those in the freezer. Um, but, and I'm not sure exactly how much fat is in there, but you know, it's probably not enough to make a huge difference. You know, it's not absolutely loaded with peanut butter. Um, and it's got that nice, like soft white bread. So it's low in fiber and it's got your jam or your jelly. Um, and so I think, you know, again, as long as you're not having any tummy troubles, then I think that's a perfectly fine option. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think you've given some really great examples, but maybe a couple more examples. You've talked about a bagel, maybe some toast, a banana. What are some other, uh, in prep for a long run, um, some other examples, like maybe I've heard of people eating oats, but do oats have a lot of fiber in it? Yeah, that's a tricky one. And I feel like a lot of my questions are going to be like, or my answers are going to say, well, it depends. Um, And it it depends on how your body responds. A lot of people eat oatmeal before they run and they handle it just fine. Um, But if it makes you have to go to the bathroom, then it's going to not be your option. Um, So a bowl of oatmeal could certainly work. Um, Dry cereal, I usually skip the milk unless it's like an almond milk, but usually dairy doesn't sit great before that Mm. run. Yeah. Um, now, this one might come as a surprise to you, but the runners that I work with love this option, Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts, um, okay. Yeah, I know. They probably take you straight back to your childhood, um, but they, I want to say, just off the top of my head, two parts, which is what comes in one package, is 70 grams of carbs. Awesome. So, you know, when we're talking about these long runs, like, that packs a pretty big punch. Um, so that's a... a pretty decent option um other things that i like um the morton drink is really good there's uh, i don't remember the carbs off the top of my head but it's it's significant it's like maybe like 90 grams of carbs in the wow. morton drink yeah um and of course the, drinking your carbs is easier than eating them sometimes yeah but that's fantastic i i we just did an episode um and we talked about um I would say Martin. I guess Martin is probably the way to say it. But I've tr- I tried the gels for the first time. So you're saying there's a drink. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna buy some of that and try it out. Um, yeah, there's a, a three twenty and a like I maybe like a one eighty or a one something. And the three twenty is a higher carb, so you can just you know you'll see on their website when you go to order. Yeah. Cool. I'll give that a shot. When we talk about pop tarts, what I would think there's it's loaded with like saturated fat. But again, I don't, I'm not a I don't know what what's in these things is there a lot of fat in those are mostly carbs that's a great, that's a great question um, <laughs> I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't looked recently but um that's okay you know 
again, it's it's okay if there's a little bit. Um, I'm assuming there's some, but it's probably less than what you would find in like peanut butter. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, going back to the the age old rule of try it and see, um, yeah. and see if it if it works out for you, then uh, then you you know you found your ticket, and once you find what works, then then you know, and um, you can kind of stick with it. But I like the rule of a half to a full gram per pound of body weight. And you would say about two hours or within the two hours before your event or your long run? Yeah. If you're eating that much, you're going to want probably at least two hours for digestion. Okay. Um, And I understand that that's probably not ideal for somebody who's waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning trying to squeeze in a long run and then have, you know, family events or other things going on. And so, you know, one of the biggest things I preach to the runners that I work with is that it doesn't have to be perfect as long as we're in the ballpark. And, you know, maybe you didn't quite reach that half a gram, but maybe you got in 60 grams of carbs, like which would be about a bagel. Um, you know, like as long as we're in the ballpark, we're doing, you know, we're doing great. Um, I always remind my runners, like as much as I wish we were all training for the Olympics, we're not. And right. so we have to strike that balance of life and training. Yeah. Okay. We also get a lot the question about the night before. It, I know that could be a whole, we could have done probably five or six episodes. Uh, so we'll, we'll go really fast here. But I guess the, the question I want to ask is things you would stay away from the night before. Mm. Yeah, great question. So really the same things that I mentioned for pre-run. Um, the You want to stay away from a high-fat meal. Um, like, a, I just imagine, like, eating fried chicken the night yeah. before is probably not going to sit great. Um, definitely avoiding anything new or different. We never, ever, ever want to jeopardize that race or long run by eating something new the night before or the morning of. Um, again, fiber. And, <clears throat> excuse me, part of that reason for fiber is because – not only could it cause you to have to go to the bathroom, but it's also fiber takes up space in our in our bellies and in our GI system, which is ultimately a good thing, but not before a long run or a race when we're trying to actually get more carbohydrates in. So there's almost like no space for all that salad the night before a run. Save that for, you know, later in the week when you're not doing a big run. Um, so fat, fiber, and anything new would be my three major um, points there. Yeah, super, super helpful. So imagining we're on the um, long run or it's race day and we're racing, um, the the rule that we have been following based on a a prior um, dietitian's recommendation was taking your body weight. So if you say 200 pounds, divide that by four. And and that's kind of a guideline of number of uh, grams of carbs that you would want to take per hour if you're running. So like beyond anything, like you said, 60, 70 minutes, but do you believe in that rule or do you have a different equation that you would use? Yeah. You know, so you had mentioned that before we were on air or just maybe over DMS and I have to be honest, I'd never even heard of that rule. And so I was like, what, where did this come from? And I tested it with a few different like possible body weights. And I was like, that works. Like that does work. Um, so I like that equation. It's never something that I've used, but, um, the general rule of thumb that I go by is, you know, you, you're going to want, if you're using gels, you're going to want to gel every 25 to 40 minutes throughout that run. Um, but really if you're running, you know, 90 minutes to two hours, you're going to need at least 30 to 60 grams per hour. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you're running longer, you're running over two hours, we're looking at 60 to 90 grams per hour of running. So 
basically as a blanket statement, if you're running more than 90 minutes, about 60 grams per hour. I think that, okay, I'm glad we're talking about this because the person who gave me that recommendation is a marathon or a, a Olympic level runner. Um, and so I think for someone at that level, that equation probably works really well because they're not on the marathon for much more than two hours. But for people like me who are going to be on the course for four hours or so, three and a half to four or five or whatever, um, it's going to be very different. And I think a lot of people are bonking prematurely because they're not taking in enough carbs. And so I, I definitely want to encourage people to to take in enough fuel. So, so you're saying anything over 90 minutes or so, um, is that what I heard that, that you're going to want to probably go at least 60 grams? Yep. 60, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, 90 minutes to two hours, you're looking at like 30 to 60 grams per hour over two hours. You want at least nine, uh, I'm sorry, at least 60 grams per hour. There you go. Um, okay. The body can really could utilize up to 120 grams of carbohydrates per hour. So wow. if you think about it, that's like free energy you're, you could be giving your body. You obviously have to train your stomach to do this. But hmm. if you're hitting somewhere in the ballpark of 30 to 60 grams, ideally really honing in on that number of 60 grams of carbs per hour, you're going to be just fine, most likely. Um, again, if you trained your stomach, um, we have to, you know, we have to train ourselves to, to tolerate those gels and chews mid-race. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. Uh, gels are awesome. The chews are great. Uh, waffles, anything else you recommend for race day for someone who's, again, an average runner, not, not an elite who has a special bottle with a special drink in there, but mm. you know, what kinds yeah. of recommendations do you have? You know, the one thing I need to point out with gels is that they're low in electrolytes. Unless you get the Huma Plus gels with the added electrolytes, your average gel is going to be pretty low in specifically sodium. And so it, you need to make sure that you're either getting enough Gatorade or, you know, whatever sports drink is going to be handed out on course, um, that you're getting enough of that to meet your sodium needs, which is about 300 to 600 milligrams per hour of running, obviously on the high end and the hot humid conditions um so you might need to take something like salt stick is um a brand they have capsules and chews mm -hmm. to help you get more electrolytes um or you could carry your own electrolyte drink you know um some races allow you to run with a hydration vest or you know a water bottle um and you can pack your own like tailwind or noon or liquid iv anything along those lines to help you reach your sodium needs Perfect. That's super helpful. Okay. Well, um, it, when the race ends or the long run ends, and let's say you've been out there for two to three, potentially even four hours, uh, again, what we've heard in the past is within that first 30 minutes or so, you want to be taking in three to one ratio of carbs to, to protein. Um, so chocolate milk is usually what I've heard. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see if you follow that same ratio and if you have any other examples. Yeah, um, I definitely follow that ratio. That's a pretty um, well-known rule in the sports nutrition realm. And so that three to one ratio, just to kind of put that in perspective for your listeners. Um, so that's three grams of carbs for every one gram of protein. We really want to make sure that we're getting in 20 to 25 grams of protein 
almost immediately after that run. So in this, uh, I'm specifically talking those longer runs and those really hard efforts. So like something over 90 minutes or a really hard interval workout, if you're running intervals um, in your training plan, um, then we really want to hone in on that 20 to 25 grams of protein, which would then mean about 60 grams of carbohydrates. Obviously, chocolate milk is not exactly that. But going back to the, my earlier message, it's at least in the ballpark, right? It's, yeah. it's something that kind of, I don't want to say hold you over, but, but jumpstart that recovery so that ideally within one to two hours after that run, we can go get a meal um, that does contain carbs, protein, and some fat in there um, to recover. So um, other things that I like after a run that, you know, maybe meet those guidelines a little bit uh, closer. Uh, I definitely love a smoothie. So, you know, I'm not, um, not opposed to protein powder. I think it serves a great purpose specifically after the run. That's kind of what it's made for. Um, so you could do a smoothie with a banana, the milk of your choice, um, your protein powder, and then maybe top it with some granola or pick one other fruit to add to it to help you start to reach those guidelines. Um, I do love like a, um, acai bowl or, um, even just like a yogurt parfait um, can, you know, Greek yogurt has a lot of protein in it. So that's mm. a, a decent option as well. Um, but generally you're going to want something cold after those hot long runs. Yeah. Um, it's very common to not have an appetite after those runs. Um, and that I have to stress, don't ignore post fuel, post run fuel. Like even if you're not hungry, I still want you to eat. It's going to jumpstart your recovery and it's going to really help, you not be so hungry later in the day and the next day we want to really eat after that run. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice. So, so within that 30 minute window, you're getting that in, but then you're, like you said, one to two hours, you're going to have a, a meal. Do you have any guidelines for that meal? Is it just eat whatever is in sight and whatever you can tolerate, or are you going to try to stick to a certain formula as well? Yeah, good question. So definitely not whatever's in sight, although some days it might feel like that. Um, so you want to try to just have a nice balanced meal. Um, you know, I would say it, I like to go off of these things called athlete plates. Um, and like they're created by the U.S. Olympic Committee, which is a, just a great visual. Um, and they basically support, you know, saying, you know, like um, a hard training day plate is about half your plate is carbohydrates. A quarter of it is a protein and a quarter of it is color with fat, you know, kind of sprinkled in, you know, fat kind of naturally falls in with butter, avocado, oil, mm -hmm. nuts, seeds. Um, so, you know, what that might look like is, you know, maybe it's breakfast, which would be the easiest example here. And you can have some pancakes and a couple eggs and a side of fruit. Or, you know, if you're into salad at breakfast, you could always have a small side salad with it. But, um, you know, so just look, aim for a nice balanced meal, but it should definitely contain carbohydrates because our body has to restore all of its muscle glycogen which is all of your stored carbohydrates in your muscles yeah well i fall into the category of runners that run to eat and i know that's not healthy <laughs> and it's something i'm actively working on i think i go a little too crazy after because i look at oh man i burned 1500 calories on this run so now i can go eat 1500 calories worth of junk um definitely not the right way to look at it i know that but um I, I understand too, though, you burn all those calories and your body's craving more. So, I mean, do you have any, like, I guess, limitations on what uh, people should hold themselves to? Should they 
just eat until they're no longer hungry throughout that day after a race? I mean, what what's going to keep people within kind of a healthy range of not overdoing it, but also getting in enough fuel? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, we've said this a couple times, but this could be an episode within itself. Uh, yeah. Really great, great topic here. Um, and something I actually really specialize in is like disordered eating among runners. Yeah. And, um, you know, so for starters, I don't love the idea of calorie counting or this idea of calories in calories out, um, because that can really start a disordered pattern, um, in thinking and calorie counting is not even necessarily accurate, but to more specifically answer the question here, um, you know, you should always eat if you are hungry. Um, if you are hungry, if you are truly hungry, you're not bored, you're not stressed, you're, you're truly hungry, there's a reason for it. And you should respect that hunger level. Even if you just finished a meal and you go to do something else and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry again. There's no way I can be hungry. Well, you are. And we need to respect that. Um, because when we start to ignore those cues, those hunger cues from our body, that's what starts under fueling. And that's what can actually lead to um, you know, poor training and injuries and sicknesses. And um, so always eat if you're feeling hungry. However, like I said earlier, on the contrary, a lot of runners aren't hungry after long runs. Sometimes it hits us the next day or even the day after. Your metabolism is revved up from that workout or that run for up to 36 to 48 hours after that run. And so if you don't eat enough on the day of your long run, that appetite's probably going to catch up to you the next day. And again, you have to respect that hunger and eat if you are hungry, but be sure to definitely do it in a mindful way. So, you know, get your food from the pantry or the fridge and, and put it on a plate and come sit down at the table. Don't do what I do sometimes, which is like stand in the pantry and eat and then, you know, <laughs> walk away. Uh, go sit down at the table. Yeah. Well, I, I probably fall into that category of disordered eating runners uh, who should probably be working with you. So we'll chat after this. But um, for anyone listening who wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Okay, so you guys can find me at eatwell.runbetter is my Instagram. You can always drop me a line there. And then my website is all one word, eatwellrunbetter.com. And I am preparing for a maternity leave here in August. And so though I'm not taking a lot of new clients, I am offering um, several self-paced courses. So you can either sign up to join the wait list for coaching when I do return from maternity leave, nutrition coaching that is, um, or take one of my courses while I'm on maternity leave. Awesome. Well, I encourage everyone to go do that. You've been super helpful. And I guess before we wrap up, is there any last, are there any last words that you'd like to share? Oh gosh. I feel like I could talk forever. Um, I'll, <laughs> no pressure. I'll share you, guys. you don't, I'll share you don't have to have last words. Um, no, I just, I would just say, you know, like I mentioned earlier from a, a disordered eating standpoint, listen to your body. Your body will not steer you wrong, whether it's um, an injury that you don't think you should be running on or a rest day that you think you should take, take those rest days, eat the food, you know, don't, don't deny your body what it's asking for because your body is very smart and it knows. So just try to listen to it. Awesome. Great advice. Well, everyone, uh, hope you enjoyed this episode again. Uh, we encourage you to go follow Courtney and Courtney. Thanks again for your time. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, 
Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K.